Hello and welcome to our podcast series, Remote Connectivity, How to Achieve Information Resilience, hosted by BSI. Throughout this series, we will be discussing a range of topics to help your organization improve its information resilience in this increasingly distributed working world. Across six episodes, our experts will provide their insights on how to build resilience in the cloud, ensure compliance to requirements, manage your data in a resilient way, and protect your organization against the rise of email security breaches and the increased use of mobile. So make sure to subscribe to the BSI channel to get notified for the next episodes. Wherever you sit in your organization, you will find something useful in this series due to the sheer number of cloud services that support business operations today. Developers, auditors, administrators, IT managers, CISOs, everyone should find something useful in this series, and we hope you enjoy listening. So my name is Michael Green. I'm a senior cloud security consultant at BSI in the data management and security technologies practice. And today I am joined by Nigel Hawthorne, um, cloud and privacy spokesperson for McAfee. And we are going to discuss resilience in the cloud. Um, so really, really great to have you on the show today, Nigel. And welcome back. How are you doing? I'm good. Yes. Thank you, Michael. It's great to be here. So in today's episode, we are going to cover resilience in the cloud. So we're focusing on remote working and connectivity and information and data. Understanding and education, very, very important, as is, you know, this shift that we've seen to remote working um, in the past year or so. Um, visibility and control, key to your cloud security um, approach. And what we do say is that these are all very, very important for cloud security. And we often advise to start with uh, the visibility piece. So knowing what is there, what, what do we have? What cloud platforms are we using? Where's the data? Where are the workloads? Where are the people, etc.? So Nigel, would you have anything to add to that? And that you did want to did want to. Well, note. that's a that's a lot of topics to cover. So um, mm -hmm. I, I think you're right, though, that without visibility, you can't see anything. And I think that's where most of our conversations start with our customers. What's going on? What's happening? What are my users? doing, which services are they accessing? And you mentioned developers. I think that it's also interesting that cloud means different things to different people. You've got people who have actually said to me before now, oh, we don't have any cloud um, because they're seeing cloud very much as software as a service. And they say, oh, well, we don't use uh, Salesforce or we've blocked Dropbox or whatever. And then you say, oh, OK, do you have a development team? Oh, yes, we have a development team. And what are they doing? Oh, well, they're using AWS. And somehow the person answering the question has put um, just SaaS into the cloud category and not considered IaaS and PaaS and not considered what the developers might be doing. So you're absolutely right to bring that up as a concern because I think it's often the area that is least well understood and has the least security uh, deployed, unfortunately. No, it's definitely a very, very interesting point. And um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's something you see uh, you see across SaaS as well, isn't it? Um, you know, we, we're going to drill into shadow IT um, as much as you can in a 20-minute in a podcast, right? Um, 
but that is certainly something to look at as well you know being able to being able to pick up what cloud services are in use through you know through technologies like your your web proxies um that you have which might enable you to get that um get that data right um so really really interesting one and as far as um you know drilling it back to that education and understanding piece nigel um, I, I think that's incredibly, incredibly important. So the understanding, um, you know, what is the cloud and also the education around, around things like cloud security, um, because there is a lot out there. And it's, it's certainly something that we um, as BSI would um, would provide. Um, so, got, you know, we've got, got a great amount of knowledge on on that piece as well. Um, so, you know, one of the first questions we should probably ask is what is the cloud um, from a business perspective? How does it enable us to deliver additional value to clients and our workforce right so you know I, I always talk about benefits and risks right to kind of break it down um so a, a commonly cited driver um to you know move into the cloud or you know doing your initial deployment in the cloud would be reduced cost right um however um, depending on how you're doing this, it might actually be more expensive. You know, if, you, if you're just lifting and shifting your traditional kind of data center workloads up to the cloud into their IaaS service, into their virtual machine service, and uh, not re-architecting it, using the the services that are exposed to you, that are, you know, you're, you're kind of enabled to use things like um, platform as a service, um, services that would, you know, do certain you know, take take care of certain elements for you, like the high availability element or pieces of the security um, elements. You know, auto scaling and all all these kind of benefits that we we can get um, get from the cloud. There, these these are definitely very very important things to understand. And it's not just from the technical level. You know, I've I've just said a lot of potentially technical words, um, but this is you know th throughout the business and un understanding is needed. Um, of of the cloud and the difference between kind of traditional and uh, um, you know th this this new not so new anymore but this this new cloud world. Yeah, I was just going to add from my point of view that um, I'm not convinced about it really being um, driven by cost reduction. And I think I would um, say absolutely, you're taking capex and turning it into opex. And if if that is good for your business, great. Um, but I think we've got to realize, you know, as a consumer, we use lots of cloud services. Um, I've got both a Netflix and a Spotify account. What are they? They're cloud services. And if I didn't have them, what would I do? Would I buy um, CDs and DVDs? Because that's what we used to do in the olden days. Now, I have that at my fingertips. I have all the music I could want. But actually, is it saving me money? Would I be spending that same amount of money on CDs? And I think we need to look at cloud from a business perspective in the same way that actually what it really gives you is flexibility. It gives you the ability to turn on and turn off services as you need them. I will go and I will listen to, um, I don't know, the new single by Celeste um, because I can, because I can simply click on it and choose. And in a similar way, cloud from a um, business point of view is I want to run a cloud-based HR system. I want to run a cloud-based CRM system. I will simply turn it on. Or I've got developers who want to um, immediately start up a bit of computing. So I think mm -hmm. flexibility is really the main benefit. And the secondary one, of course, is you are having 
um, all the value of new functionality the second that it's delivered. And if I go back a few years, I used to work for companies that would make hardware products and you'd have a software update perhaps once every three to six months. And then it became um, partly delivered by the cloud and the software update would be maybe once every six weeks. We're now releasing software updates to the Envision cloud product about every two weeks. So as soon as a new feature gets developed, we try to integrate it and make it available to all of our customers wherever they are, even if they bought the product years ago. So you've got a product line there that is constantly evolving. And honestly, I think that is the real benefit of cloud if you do it correctly. Oh, sure. It's a really, really great point. Um, definitely, Nigel, um, about that, um, I guess, that, that sort of well, I want to say global, but the um, you know the fact that you 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 deploy a service in the cloud as a, a you know as a cloud provider, whether you're exposing a SaaS service or, or whatever you're doing, and that is obviously rolled out to all the tenants, isn't it? Um, immediately, so that's that's a big difference from you know the old world, the old IT world, whereby you know everybody was patching their email servers, um, you know, separately and you know on different timings and whatever um it's a very very different world and that kind of brings me to you know the, the next piece um here um regarding you know what is the cloud right so i think it's really important when you talk about cloud security to bring it back like you've just done um nigel to you know talk about what the characteristics of the cloud are um so nist the national institute of standards and technology in the states um have a very nice document called um, special publication 800-145 which um, actually defines the characteristics of the cloud so you know, a really, really interesting one here, Nigel. Um, one, one of the characteristics is um, described as on-demand um, self-service. So, you know, obviously there are many, many, many benefits of this. So, you know, let's use, you know, our, you know, cloud provider A as an example. Um, you know, you mentioned AWS, but it could be, could be Azure or GCP or any any of the others. There, are, there are many of them out there, right? Um, so there are obviously benefits of this, this on-demand self-service. But just to pick up on one thing, Nigel, that you just mentioned about developers being able to um, open up um, cloud accounts and you know start deploying things. Um, this is obviously a massive uh, risk, isn't it? And it's 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 kind of taking it a step further from what what we we would talk of as um, we would describe as shadow IT. This is this is more shadow infrastructure, isn't it? Yeah. So uh, we often go around and we will do a cloud audit for people, and we'll say to them, these are all the cloud services in use. And there are two areas that we often see that shock people. Number one is the number and different styles of cloud service in use. A typical company in Europe might have a thousand different cloud services that are in use in a typical month. But the second one is we always seem to find more infrastructure as a service than they thought. So mm -hmm. a development team has quickly spun up a um, piece of computing power to do an internal um, test and review, and then they turn it off again. and did they ensure all of the security as they um, turned it on? And unfortunately, they didn't. So this shadow IT assessment, you really need to do because, as you said at the beginning, you know, you can't manage what you don't know. And therefore, mm -hmm. visibility is the first step on the process to uh, make sure that your cloud use is resilient.
fully fully agreed and i mean it kind of brings it back to you know the way the way that the, the world is going it's moving away from that network as a perimeter isn't it um you know whereby you had you had your castle and moat situation you know um egress and ingress was um through through a firewall through a known point um but now you know we're we're, we're obviously using services that are scattered aren't they they're they're all over all over the world um glo global services global points of presence um so the way that we control this and the way that we get visibility over this there, there are there are differences and that that's why i started off with education um because yeah. um yeah it's, it's a layered approach like anything is a layered approach isn't it you know we've got security technologies but we, we need to understand um you know we need to understand cloud before we can you know before we can start talking about cloud security we need to understand cloud, yeah, I think. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, which users are accessing which services? Where are they? Um, what are the characteristics of those services? And of course, that brings us to uh, perhaps my favorite word in the whole wide world, which is risk. Um, is it a risk for um, Nigel to use this service? And, um, you know, if a service is hosted in a country that has um, no privacy laws and there don't seem to be any terms and conditions and you can't see when they last had a pen test and it doesn't look like the data is encrypted, all of those things mm -hmm. start telling you this looks like a higher risk than something that has all of those things. And um, it's not necessarily a um, you know black and white situation you may find that there's a blended mix of uh, potential attributes which show this looks like a more risky service than another and so from an IT point of view what you've got to do is be able to try to um, persuade your users to go to the low risk services that could be by blocking high risk ones altogether or it could be by intercepting the request and saying hey Nigel um, yeah, it looks like you're going to this service, but actually, did you know the corporation has a uh, a national or international contract with this other service that we'd rather you use because it's backed up? We know uh, where the data is. Um, they've put in DLP, etc. All of these sorts of yeah. technologies that can make it easier for you to reduce that risk. Sure. So re redirecting them to a sanctioned um, service. Yep. Yep. Definitely sound sounds like a really really uh, sounds like a really really good idea, and it, it again it kind of reduces the friction, doesn't it? As opposed to just blocking um, altogether. Absolutely. Um, I mean, I've always yeah. thought that carrots are better than sticks at getting people to do what you want. Yeah, I mean, you know, we we talk a lot about security, don't we? But um, I think you know, user experience, um, you know, that that is something we need we need to be very strong on. And uh, as as we you know as we say reduce that friction, um, so yeah really really good point. Um, and I think I think we'll probably move on now. Um, I definitely say um, have a have a bit of a review of um, that document, but um, from NIST organisations like the Cloud Security Alliance with um, they they have um, various tools that you can use to assess cloud risk as well. Um, things like the star registry and the cloud controls matrix. Um, Inisa also have a very, very good document called the cloud computing risk assessment document. So um, to our listeners, we, we would definitely recommend looking at um, these resources and more, right? Um, into that and obviously the, the, the security technologies um, around, around this as well. Um, so, you know, just, just before we do drill, I guess, into that 
you know, the subject of the mass remote working shift um, that we, we've experienced. Um, just to, talking about the, the different layers, and I, I know we we definitely have an episode on data, right, as data, data management, data security later on in this series, but just to kind of understand the layers that we need to be securing. So, you know, we, ha we have the infrastructure layer, don't we, whether that's physical or virtual in our case because we're the cloud customer that infrastructure is almost 100% likely to be um, virtual infrastructure isn't it it's things like your IS services and your cloud cloud providers um, applications so the AppSec likely web application security right um, there's there's a lot of um, there's a lot of web applications there's a lot of APIs um, in in cloud um, we also talk about the data of course uh, securing this data um, and one of the biggest differences I think with you know compared to traditional IT is the the management plane isn't it of the cloud so you you may know this as you know what is exposed to you as something like an administrative portal right where you go in and spin up your virtual machines or you provision storage or add users to your office suite um, and things like this you know you, you can also use things like CLIs or maybe SDK access if you're a developer to these you know these management planes um, and essentially it allows you to manage the cloud right or what is exposed to you by the cloud provider um, to be able to manage this and why am I saying this because we need to secure this right very 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 important to secure your cloud management plane and um, Nigel you've mentioned uh, I'm pretty sure you did mention MFA didn't you yeah so as we're going up the stack you're mm -hmm. quite right down at the bottom the lower levels are probably the responsibility of the cloud service provider. So sure. you know, let's go to the basic levels. Um, have they got a building? Has it got um, uh, security before people walk in and connectivity to power and the internet? Absolutely the responsibility of the cloud service provider. Above that, there's always security features that you can choose to turn on or turn off. And you can't blame the cloud service provider if you've chosen to leave something open and then data gets lost. What I think mm -hmm. is the problem with some of these um, cloud security tools is they often stop there and they forget that um, above that there's an enormous amount of other things. Um, have you categorized the data? Which data is being put there and is that the appropriate data for that different cloud service? And then how's mm -hmm. the user using it? Yes, uh, uh, have you signed in using multi-factor authentication so that uh, and you know integration with the enterprise single sign-on so that if a user leaves the organization they lose access to that cloud service but above that who's collaborating with who and I'm very concerned that we sometimes see people who say my cloud security is okay because I've only signed up with secure cloud services and that's a mm -hmm. little bit like saying um, I can drive the car how I like because I've only bought a, um, a car with um, all the uh, security features. You can still drive a car erratically, unfortunately, mm -hmm. and you can still use a cloud surface service in an unsecure manner if you're not careful. So I actually mm -hmm. think enterprises need to focus on those higher level um, areas because they're totally the responsibility of the enterprise, its IT department, its governance, risk and compliance group, and more importantly, its users. And mm -hmm. that area is, 
your responsibility and not the cloud service provider. Definitely. You know, we, we talk about layered defense a lot, don't we? Agree with all the above. Um, I mean, the, the only thing that, you know, we, we might add is that compromise at one layer may also lead to data compromise, isn't it? You know, something like, so if you've got a web app with an overly permissive kind of database um, access service account, right, that would definitely increase the risk of, you know, sensitive information being breached, things like client credentials and things like that. But just to bring it back to one one point you just made, Nigel, I found really interesting was you you sort of touched on the control over what people can do in the cloud um, and, you know, what data can go where into which cloud provider. But I think something that, um, you know, I know you, you, this is your area, isn't it? The, the privacy, one, one of your areas, um, the, the privacy area. Um, mm -hmm. one, one thing that I find really interesting is, um, you know, setting up a policy that will say, all right, we can put this data in this region within a cloud provider, but we can't put it in any other regions and things like this. This is this is very, very useful, isn't it? Aside from being very interesting, it's useful from a compliance perspective. Yeah, I mean, if you have got um, a regulation that says data must be stored within a particular uh, country or region, or if it goes outside that region, then you need to ensure further security. Then obviously you can't do that unless you know where your data is. And mm -hmm. some cloud service providers will give you the right to pin the data only in a particular data center. Uh, some will not. So you need to know where that data is going to ensure that you can keep it secure. Um, so now we're going to discuss the pandemic and the shift to mass remote working. We saw differing readiness levels in March of last year. Some organizations were already cloud first. They had workloads and their security stacks in the cloud. So they were able to get the benefits of this scalability, this broad network access to their services. On the other hand, we did see organizations um, who you know, may have had a lack of endpoint devices to give to their employees. Um, they you know, didn't necessarily have um, scalable, secure, remote workload and web access solutions and, you know, the accompanying policies as well in place. Um, and in some cases, another thing we did see was traffic being backhauled to fixed capacity appliances in a, in a data center or HQ, um, affecting user experience and business operations um, when that traffic increased. I guess on the positive side of things, cloud migrations have been expedited. Um, to support the business. And I know that, Nigel, you do have some further insight um, into that piece. As, as you say, some people were ready and some people um, were not. I remember speaking to a customer who said, you know, we were planning to move to the cloud and it was going to go over a two or three year process. And actually, we had to accelerate that and make it happen within uh, three to six weeks. And yep. that sometimes, unfortunately, meant that security took a back seat because what they were much more concerned about was getting the users up and running. Uh, we actually did some statistics and we wrote a paper on the top 10 teams threats. And in that, we looked at the growth in uh, Teams, WebEx, Slack and um, other collaboration tools and video conferencing tools. And we saw a 600 percent increase between January and June 2020. And actually, since then, it's just increased more. And so what we've seen is these fantastic applications giving users, you know, unprecedented ways of collaborating being rolled out very quickly. And unfortunately, they may have some 
um, security problems in them. Let me suggest a few. Um, you could, um, on a Teams chat, invite people from outside the organization. Is that okay? Is it always okay? Is it sometimes okay? If you are inviting them in, um, you can start sharing files within that team. Is that okay? What if the external person uploads a file saying, hey, look at this, but unfortunately it's got malware in it, or you as the internal person share a file which has sensitive data that shouldn't leave the organization? What about things like screen sharing? I actually had somebody share their screen with me, and while they were sharing it, a message came in through um, their uh, phone, which then came onto their laptop, which was from a, an ex-colleague that both he and I had previously worked with. Dangerous. What if that had said something that I shouldn't be seeing? So I think what we need to recognize is that the cloud is great. The cloud provides amazing functionalities that weren't available just a couple of years ago, but as well as us, the IT department, checking whether the services themselves are secure, what we also need to do is make sure that the users understand how they should use it, what they should do and shouldn't do. And we put in the security techniques if we want to. For instance, we could say, no, you're not allowed to collaborate with external third parties, or if you are, you're not allowed to share files. Those sorts of things are available in the management or by adding additional security, but you need to think about it before it happens. And you need to recognize how users might use those services and then try to make sure they're using them only in the safest manner. So there's a lot to do, a lot to think about. And I think that my advice to most people is get together with people outside IT. Yes, this may be a, a problem that IT implements the solution, but actually it's not really an IT problem. You need to speak to the lines of business. You need to work out what users want to do. You need to work with governance, risk and compliance and say, in this situation, is this OK? And if it's not OK, what do we do to either coach and train and educate the users or put in technologies to stop the high risk actions that might otherwise be taken? So a lot to do. Let's uh, go to 2021, um, making sure that cloud's the best way to uh, mm -hmm. deliver our computing because it can be hugely safe and secure as well as have amazing sets of features. Definitely agreed. Agreed on all of that. And uh, yeah, training, um, security awareness training, really, really important there um, for, for that layered approach. Um, Nigel, um, so, you know, along with augmenting these native capabilities with third party security technologies as well. So, you know, as far as my my sign off for this podcast, um, understand your responsibilities for each provider and service. Um, you know, we're not we're not talking about auditing yet, um, but understand the audit scope when you're talking about things like um, third party attestations of cloud providers, understand the scope as, you know, um, when we say scope, we're talking about the scope, the service scope, the regional scope of these attestations. Definitely this. Um, what else? Least privilege, um, automation, um, and cloud security education. And as well, I think I did touch on it before, but um, BSIC is that we would deliver in-house and public cloud security courses, and we also partner um, with a select group of best-in-class security technology vendors. So please check out our website for further information. We hope you enjoyed 
the first episode of our series and many thanks for joining us in our next episode we will discuss the compliance requirements in this evolving remote world make sure to subscribe for this upcoming episode and to receive notifications for the entire series and thank you very much to our guest nigel hawthorne cloud and privacy spokesperson for mcafee talk to you soon thank you very much